What if Sarah had a brooch or some other trinket? Would Jack hesitate to sell it in the event of a financial emergency? He doubted it. Sarah would be the first person to tell him to sell all her brooches if need be, if she had any, which she did not. What will you do to recover the letters? Rivington stretched one leg before him and started rubbing the outside of his knee. Jack knew he ought to send the man on his way but found that he didn't want to. Not quite yet. Maybe it was the dreariness of the day, maybe it was the fact that this man clearly needed to rest his injured leg, maybe it was simply that it had been a long time since Jack had been able to discuss his work with anyone. Sarah thought, correctly, that Jack's work was too sordid to be discussed. Georgie never sat still long enough to have an entire conversation, and nobody else in all of London was to be trusted. Or hell... Maybe he just wanted to spend fifteen bloody minutes enjoying the sight of this man, appreciating the way the slope of his nose achieved the perfect angle, the way his eyes shone a blue so bright they likely made the sky itself look cheap by comparison. How often did Jack get an opportunity to admire anyone half so fine? He pulled open the top drawer of his desk. Care for a drink, Captain Rivington? He poured them each a glass of brandy without waiting for an answer. I sold my commission earlier this spring. A sharp edge crept into his tone again. It's plain Rivington now. Jack leaned forward to hand the man his drink, catching a scent of damp wool and pricey soap. He had been wrong about the Eau de Cologne. To answer your question, I'll likely search the Raxall's house. You didn't mention that to her? No, the not mentioning is part of the service I render. They never want to know about the dirty work, so they never find out. He took a long sip of his brandy, regarding the gentleman over the rim of the glass. Also, she would have insisted that the letters weren't in the house because her servants and husband are above reproach, and I really didn't feel like arguing the point. How will you get in? Jack only raised his eyebrows. He would share a drink with this man, but he wasn't going to pretend to be anything other than what he truly was. Ah, Rivington seemed to need a moment to accept the fact that he was drinking the brandy of a housebreaker. Do you think the letters are indeed at her house? I'd give even odds that a servant or the husband has them, even if they don't. I'll find something in the house to point me in the right direction. Moreover, he added, I'd like to dig up some dirt on the husband to use as a bargaining chip to broker a peace with his wife in the event her letters do get exposed. Rivington paused, glass halfway to his mouth. Are you saying that you'd blackmail Mr. Raxall? Now he was regarding his glass as if he expected to discover that it was filthy, unfit to drink. If he's the sort of man to mistreat his wife for having had an affair before marriage when his own behavior hasn't been perfect, then most definitely. Jack watched as Rivington's mouth set into a grim line. Well, that had done the trick. Jack had wanted to get rid of the man, and it turned out all he had to do was tell the truth. Rivington hauled himself to his feet and placed his mostly full glass on the edge of the desk farthest from where Jack sat. Good day, Mr. Turner, he said, limping to the door. Jack heard the door close with a snick before he could think of any sufficiently cutting way to get in the last word. Oliver did not like this one bit. It was simply wrong for shadowy figures to break into the homes of respectable people, rifle through their belongings, blackmail unsuspecting gentlemen, and perform God only knew what other illegal acts. 
Outrageous. He would not, could not, let a thing like that stand. If he had wanted chaos and disorder, he would have stayed in the army, however improbable that might have been, with his leg steadily worsening. He had returned to England in search of civilization, and civilization he would have. Jack Turner be damned. He would go to his club and sit in his usual chair and think about what to do. To be fair, he had not been in London long enough to have a usual chair, but in time he would. He would make sure of it by God. But first he would visit his sister and get her side of this sorry story. Charlotte lived not terribly far from the Turner's Sackville Street premises. It was only perhaps a ten-minute walk, but that was about nine minutes more than Oliver's leg could comfortably endure on such a damp day. London in late spring was always rainy, this year exceptionally so. Oliver had only seen the sun a handful of times in the past few weeks, which would be dismal enough even without a limb whose health apparently depended on...